0: unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night there were two more murders 15 miles away when police the arrived they found the telephones and electricity lines we have a weird homicide <laughs> a scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird Morning. no one is perfect no matter how incredible they may seem On February 1st, 2002, a woman was found not guilty for a murder she committed at the height of her depression. A woman who, prior to her crime, seemed like the perfect daughter. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Idella Kathleen Hagen, Kathleen to everyone who knew her, was born on November 15, 1945, and raised in Chatham Township, New Jersey, by parents who, as far as the research tells, were loving and extremely supportive of her dreams to become a doctor. By 1963, she graduated high school and, 10 years later, graduated Harvard Medical School and became the first woman appointed as a resident in neurology at the Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston becoming the chief of urology at the Rutgers Medical School nine years later. She was bright, hardworking, and extremely determined, making her mark in a male-dominated world that would leave a lasting legacy, a career she left behind in 1987 to move to the Virgin Islands and operate an inn with her second husband, which they did successfully from 1987 to 1992, when a series of storms ravaged the building and slowed the tourism. In July of 2000, 54-year-old Kathleen, just as devoted as she was driven, moved back to New Jersey to take care of her elderly parents, who had grown far too ill to care for one another on their own. Everyone in Chatham Township remarked about Kathleen's kindness and willingness to drop everything for 92-year-old Idella and 86-year-old James, even helping to pump water out of the driveway next to her parents' home when Tropical Storm Floyd flooded the area. She was, as far as everyone knew, the perfect daughter. Just before 7 a.m. on August 26, 2000, Kathleen Hagen called the local police department to report that her parents were not only dead, but had been deceased for somewhere between four to seven days, four to seven days that she had been living with their bodies. When police arrived and a cause of death was established, investigators realized that Kathleen, the perfect doting daughter, who was still standing distraught in the home wearing a days-old nightgown, had drugged them and then smothered them both with a plastic bag and a pillow as they slept. She was immediately arrested, charged with two counts of first-degree murder, and held on a $2.5 million bail. As the defense started to mount their case, intending on arguing for an insanity plea, A defense psychiatrist named Robert L. Sadoff said that after returning home to Chatham, Kathleen, who was still dealing with her two failed marriages and the loss of her medical career, descended deeply into her chronic depression after seeing the severity of her parents' failing health, worried her worsening depression would inevitably lead to an institutionalization, that all of this became too much and she cracked under the continued pressure. According to the psychiatrist on both sides of the trial, Kathleen believed she was receiving messages from television ads, traffic lights, and playing cards, and heard the voices of a male, whom she believed was the voice of her father, commanding her to commit the murders because, once they occurred, she and her parents would go to a place described as a quote, childlike magical sphere, where they'd regain their happiness." that a female voice was telling her she could join her parents in that sphere if she performed rituals like walking in circles or going up and down the stairs backwards, spending hours curled up in a quilt between her parents' bed, waiting for the rituals to pay off. When days passed and nothing worked, she called the police. The murder, in their opinion, had no nefarious or vindictive motive, both agreeing that Kathleen was in the middle of a psychotic episode When she took their lives. Because of this, a judge found Kathleen Hagen not guilty by reason of insanity on February 1st, 2002, and sent her to a mental health institution. She was transferred to the Ann Klein Forensic Center for an undetermined term of confinement and was ordered to stay in treatment until a court determined she was no longer a threat to herself or to the rest of society, which is exactly what happened on March 26, 2008 when she was ruled to be free of psychosis by the Superior Court of Morristown. She was allowed to leave the facility and move back to her Monmouth Beach home, where she would attend a partial day program and comply with the medical center's medication monitoring. However, in 2009, a Superior Court judge expressed concerns that Kathleen was not abiding by these conditions, claiming the now 63-year-old had not been attending her sessions with a psychiatrist for quite some time and had been turning away the social workers who came to monitor her medications. Her attorney said that she, now in poor health herself, did not pose a threat or risk to anyone including herself, and said that he spoke with her frequently and that she remained lucid and rational. On April 18th, 2015, Kathleen Hagen, after just over seven years of freedom, died at the age of just 69 years old. Left behind after her death was a bill that was passed in 2008 that made it mandatory to notify police when a killer is released from a psychiatric hospital so they could be monitored with discretion and with compassion. This was the lasting legacy that she left behind. A legacy brought on by a vicious murder that eclipsed the incredible life she lived prior to her crimes. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear a terrible thing happened on February 2nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? What are some things standing in the way of being the best version of you? For a lot of people, life, your past, and sometimes your current situation can cause roadblocks in your life. Mental health is incredibly important, and so many, including myself, can benefit from talking to a professional and working to dismantle those roadblocks. That's why I'm excited to talk to you guys about BetterHelp. BetterHelp knows no two people are the same and will help to assess your personal needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. These incredibly convenient appointments are in a safe and completely private online environment, and you can start chatting with your new therapist in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling. You can message with your counselor at any time and get a timely response. Plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions, which means no driving to an office, no waiting rooms and no awkward small talk. Just meaningful sessions with experts who specialize in things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, family conflict, LGBTQ matters, grief and so much more. There is truly someone there for everyone. And BetterHelp is committed to finding your perfect match, which means if you and your counselor don't mesh for whatever reason, they make it easy and free to seek someone new if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And with financial aid available and access worldwide, they truly make it easy for anyone to seek the help they need. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at BetterHelp.com slash Cup. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health.